0: This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley.
1: Arkansas wins the
2: National Championship!
0: Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials.
2: Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown!
3: I'm AT, are your ears still ringing uh, from, uh, from your experience at Bud Walton?
4: Yeah, it was an incredible experience. Of course, uh, my ears are also ringing from, you know, one thing I love, guys, is, is you know, social media just brings up the best and worst in people. I did have the, I, I will say this, it was incredible uh, when Caleb Battle hit that three to go up by, I think, 11. Uh, it was as loud as any arena I've ever been in that I can remember. And then, of course, I had, so, I had 99% of Hogs fans say, thank you for coming. We're so happy to have you. And then I had another 1% that was like, well, I mean, that wasn't as loud as Auburn. Well, I mean, that wasn't even like the fifth loudest stadium Bud Walton is so much. It's like, guys, everybody relax. We just beat Duke. It was a fun game. Um, And, yeah, it was loud and electric, and it was so much fun. Uh, And I'm so grateful to to everybody in Arkansas uh, that came up to me or whatever. But, yeah, I had an absolute blast, and it was an incredible game on Wednesday night.
3: Well, um, what stands out to you about this guy? I, I mean, were, were you surprised that Arkansas didn't just compete well with Duke, that they beat them, led the entire second half without a guy like Tremont Mark? I mean, what really stood out to you from that game, specifically the game, not the arena or the crowd?
4: Yeah, you know, um, I'm not surprised by the result. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's for two reasons. One, um, you know, home court advantage is so important in college basketball. Two, you know, I was able to get to shoot around on, you know, uh, I guess it was Wednesday morning. And certainly don't want to give away any of Coach Mus's secrets, but you could see that the team was very locked in, very focused. And, and you know, everybody was very focused. Um, and the third thing is I don't want to take anything at all away from Duke because, or, or away from Arkansas in saying this because when I say this, I think people will think that it's a slight at Arkansas. I'm a little bit more down on Duke than I expected to be this time of year, and I remember, I think you guys asking me about this a week or two ago, kind of in the lead up to the game. Um, but Duke was my preseason national championship pick, so I don't, I don't want to sit here and oh, typical, you know, guy that doesn't like Duke, but I, they're not quite where I thought they would be, and so I thought that. What Arkansas does specifically, um, you know, athletically and just the the size and athleticism that they would have with the Chandler Lawson types, with the Trevin Brazil types, I did think they would give uh, Duke some problems. So ultimately, am I surprised? Not really, just because of the urgency that I knew Arkansas would play with. Um, you know, I think that was another big takeaway, and I don't mean to go too long on this answer, but, you know. I think myself coming in as an outsider, you just think Duke's in town. This is a great game and a great win. But I think hearing Coach Must at the podium after, you really got the sense of how important this game was. He basically called it a must-win, and I think there's probably something to that. Of Yeah, you want to enjoy beating Duke at home, but there's also, I think, a little bit of a sense of relief, and I think it's not just from the coaching staff but from the fans as well, of, You lose that game, all of a sudden you're looking at four and four. You're really going to enter December without much of an out of conference resume to speak of. Now you get back on the winning track, and I'll say this, I know there's probably more to take out of, uh, out of Wednesday night. But I'll tell you, that Furman team that's coming in on Monday is really good, and, and hopefully uh, a couple days off we'll, we'll get that team locked back in because Furman's a really good team that if you don't pay attention to, they, they can keep things close and competitive.
0: Aaron, uh, to, to see Trevion Brazil up close, I, I've kind of – his NBA comparable, I've, I've kind of thought of him as like a Kristoff Przingas. I know he's a little smaller, maybe a Tayshon Prince. Who do you have him at? Who do you think he is at that next level? Like who's a comparable?
4: interesting um yeah i mean i I, off the top of my head i'm trying to think you know i think porzingis is good and i just think in 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 the bigger picture um you know (laughs) like whatever i heard other people not not you guys not me but whenever you heard people try to pick apart arkansas last year well i mean they just got hot in the tournament they weren't even very good it's like yeah, because they didn't have a six foot eleven guy that hits threes in people's faces and, oh, by the way, had 11 boards on the other end. Um, and so, you know, and, and obviously going back to last year, they didn't have Nick Smith either. But I bring it up because, again, that was another interesting thing about being there was, was hearing Coach Musk kind of talk about uh, his impact on, on games and, and, and just like the fact that he had 21 and 11 and Musk said <clears> – <throat> Excuse me, that he's really just starting to scratch the surface of his potential. That that basically he had 11 boards, and Coach must said, "Listen, with his athleticism and skills, that I think he can go out there and get 20." I don't want to be underappreciative of an 11 rebound night, but that's the kind of kid that you know I, I I think can go for 15 to 20 on any given night in in terms of the rebounding category. So. <clears throat> To answer the question, Matt, um, I, I don't know exactly what NBA player I would compare him to, but that dude very much is an NBA player. Uh, and excited to see how he continues to progress as he gets more confidence coming off that injury because I think the ceiling is really, really, really high for that kid.
0: Yeah, he's just a baby. He he's 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 only going to get he's only going to get better. I, I do want to ask you about the one tonight. There's the Pac-12 championship, the last one ever, or whatever it's going to be after this. And and Phil and I were talking earlier. I I, I do like both these quarterbacks. Bo Nick's so accurate. My, Michael Penix is the, the total package with those receivers he has. Which one of these teams has the better defense, though? You know, is is both these? Is it the first one to forty for for this type of game? Who do you like tonight? Um.
4: Well, it's interesting. You know, I, I, I thought coming out of last week, um, you know, Washington winning another close game, Oregon with another blowout. I thought, you know, it'd be a pseudo hot take to say that I think Oregon should be favored um, because, you know, my, in my head I was thinking, okay, Washington has the head to head win. They're undefeated. And then you see the point spread comes out and Oregon's a nine and a half point favorite. So I, 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 I do think it is kind of interesting that, again, Washington has the head to head win. I haven't really heard anybody make the compelling argument for them, though. Now, I haven't consumed a ton of media this week, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of people saying, yeah, like Washington's going to win this game outright. So I think there's going to be a chip on their shoulder. And then I think to your point, Matt, you know, it's, it's not, you know, rocket science is, you know, whoever's defense gets more stops. Obviously Oregon's has just been better over the course of the year. Washington is really bad, at least statistically in the secondary. Now, part of it is you just face a lot of really good quarterbacks in the pac 12, um, but I do think Oregon's the better team. I do think Oregon probably uh, ends up winning that game. And I'll tell you, I don't think it should be this way, but you know, I think even if we have a, a, a loss by a Texas, a loss by a whatever, I can already feel the, the per, I can already feel the conversation percolating of, you know, how good is Oregon's resume really? Should the loser of the SEC championship game get in, say, a Georgia, if they were to lose to Alabama? I can already hear that conversation starting to percolate. I think it's dumb, but I just bring it up to say that I think Oregon wins and I, I you know, I think that might be a conversation we're having come, you know, midday tomorrow depending on what happens with Georgia Bama.
3: I mean, I'm with you. I you go undefeated and you're in a Power 5 league. I have a real difficult time leaving you out of a out of a uh, a four team playoff when there can only be three undefeated teams right now. So, I mean, I just <laughs> You can't leave out You can't leave out a twelve and Florida State. You can't leave out a twelve and uh, or thirteen uh, and Washington team. You know, what I mean, these are. I, agree. Yeah, I mean, they're not the same as the SEC. But man, I mean, undefeated for me is undefeated. And and I've, I've I mean I feel like I might be a little bit in the in the minority about this. I want to see the World. teams that have had the best seasons. And I don't know sometimes if we really define properly what the best team is supposed to be like what that means what the committee is going by are they going by you know if you were to line up alabama against washington who's gonna win is that what you're going by or are you going by body of work and 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 their actual resume because that's what it means to me no and i i think it's a
4: i think it's a a, i'll say this i think the florida state thing is a very interesting conversation because it, it's an interesting conversation to me because it's the rare one where I don't know that I have a super strong opinion about it. Like usually, I mean, you guys know me pretty much every major topic. I, I, I lean one way or the other, but I see both sides. Um, I, I still think there is one more data point And I, I, you know, listen, I think if, 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 you know, if Alabama beats Georgia 30 to three and Texas beats Oklahoma state, you know, 66 to 7 and Florida State beats Louisville 10 to 7 on a walk-off field goal like you know like that changes the conversation but but you know I the one thing I will say first of all I don't know first of all I I lean more towards your side Phil of 13 and 0 is 13 and 0 like like you don't get there by accident um, but I also I probably shouldn't be but like I was kind of surprised that people were as passionate about all of these different topics and, and given that the game's still heavy yet to be played. And like, if Alabama yeah. loses tomorrow, there really isn't an argument to put them in. If Texas loses tomorrow, there isn't an argument to put them in. And so it's like, why is everyone getting so fired up about Florida State when all these teams still have a game to be played?
3: You use the word there, argument. We kind of, we kind of crave those arguments, right? That's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. The argument changes though. Next year, man. I mean, is it going to be, is it better or worse? You know, we'll be, we'll be talking about. Oh, are you going to let Mizzou in? Does Ole Miss get in? I mean. You know, what about Oklahoma? I mean, you're, there, sure, there'll be the conversation about the top four because they get the buys, but really, the conversation re- kind of moves to who gets first round games at their campus site. And who's number 13 and who's number 14? I mean, it could, you still get to argue, though, next year, A.T., so don't worry about it. Well, I'll be happy because we can Whoa. still argue.
4: No, one thing I will say, and I'll, I'll try to be quick because I don't know how much time we have left. Like, the, I, I don't think most people have taken the time to consider, like, how like how just differently we're going to consume college football next year. Like, like, like you know, again, and, and I think the conversation started last week with Michigan-Ohio State, like, if this is next year, uh, that game, I don't want to say it's meaningless, but if Ohio, but those two teams would in theory play again in the big 10 championship game a year from now, there will be no divisions in the big 10, just like the sec. Um, and then if Ohio state wins, you know, that Michigan game just isn't as important. Um, I, you know, I think even in the preseason, right, everybody puts out their final four and we are uh, the, the word you just use. We argue like, Oh, you picked Bama. I pick it's like, someone like, am I, am I, or you or whoever, is get, like like is anybody putting out their top twelve next year? Like, is Cole Kublick going to be on ESPN? Like, yeah, I got Ole Miss at the eleven spot, and uh, you know Penn State at number twelve, and you know I, I don't know. Like, is Paul Feinbaum going to do that? And then people are going to argue. I, I don't know. It's just it's it's interesting to me. I do think we're going to lose a lot of what makes college football special. The postseason will be better. I'm curious to see what what impact it has on the regular season, but it is going to be a completely different sport uh to consume and I I like I said I don't think people have fully realized that just yet.
3: So you get to go to uh Allen Fieldhouse tonight, which was so, so cool. I don't know if you've been there, but you got to see the uh no? original rules of basketball and the whole Kansas Hall of Fame setup. It's 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 unique. There's nothing quite like hey, it. That's a unique building quick, overall. Is you know, that just open a all unique day? building. Uh I think I don't know if it's open all day. It's open a good chunk of the day. I mean, they show that thing okay. off. They don't try to keep people okay. away from it. And that's a building that I think yeah. can get just as loud as Bud Walton cuz they get a crowd that's about as that's about as big if not a little bit larger sometimes. Well,
4: I I have I'm about an hour away from Lawrence and I'm trying to time out, you know, like I it's not like Like when I was in Fayetteville, you know, I went to campus and then I could come back to a hotel. I can't really do that. So I'm just trying to time out when I should actually leave and how much there is to do on campus. So I might have to check out the original rules of basketball film.
3: Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey & Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey & Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey & Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey & Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Is this really an argument that's going on right now? I mean, I'm, I guess I'm not paying attention enough because I've had other things to worry about, and I'm trying to, really, I'm trying to stay off of uh, of Twitter or X or whatever, or whatever we're going to call that thing. Uh, but is there really an argument amongst Arkansas fans as to was Bud Walton Arena louder for the Duke game or the Auburn game a couple years ago? Is that what we've gotten to? That it's a matter of no. It was louder when I was there. Oh, it was louder when I was there. Can't can, can't we all just get along? What, I, what does I, it matter that much?
0: Well, what I want to know is that atmosphere is why you come to the University of Arkansas. Talking about recruiting, what what football recruits did we have in the house? What what basketball recruits did we have in the house? I mean, that's the perfect opportunity. Uh, to use the use your resources right there, and, and, and
2: that atmosphere right there was second to none. Watching on, TV, watching on TV, it just seemed like the Auburn game. I remember it being a lot louder, and I was more pumped up for the Auburn game for some reason. There's your argument.
3: That's just how me, can we though. Tell in, how can we tell on television? Uh, the, There's no way. It's hard There's to no tell, way. but
2: just from the crowd I heard, it sounded louder, and I don't know.
3: I don't think I, I think if we, if um if we come with an opinion that comes from television, then it doesn't then it's an invalid opinion for for those who were there. I guess you 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 know whether if you were at both games, go ahead and let me know. But I I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's kind of a little bit. Surely of a there's argument.
0: surely there's a, a hundred people that were at both games. You know that was just a handful of years ago. Surely there's somebody out there that could let us know. Yeah.
3: Well, we have a text from Greg in Farmington. He said he was at the. He's the one who let me know that this, there's, you know, this this kind of argument going around there. He said it was all it was louder at the Duke game, and he was in the same spot for both games. So there's one of the 100 for you, Matt, and it's telling you that uh, the crowd with more people uh, was louder. So well, that I, I, again, I don't know why this is an argument worth having, or if it's just a social media thing, which is what social media does, just turns to arguments anyway.
0: Like I said, uh, you want to know what recruits are there. I, the, the thing that I took away from that Duke game uh, was if, if if we would have played at Duke, I wonder how it would have went, well, you know, like if it would have kind of been flip-flop. Because that first half, Duke was punching us, and we were punching back. We We never let Duke kind of get on that run, and they finally went on a run after we had kind of ran away and hid, and we kind of just limped to the finish line.
3: Yeah, it was just enough time left where... Uh,
0: but but you did all your work. You can, commit, yeah. you
3: can commit a handful of turnovers that lead to some easy baskets and you still end up with a win. I don't know if it's a comfortable win or anything. The women's game last night, you know, they hit, they hit some shots when they needed to late in order to stem what was an oncoming tide of a Florida State offense that was 12th in the nation in scoring at 88 points per game going into yesterday. Arkansas held them to fifty eight. 26 of them in the fourth quarter. They held state to six points in the third quarter, and that's really where the game changed. A dominant third quarter. Uh, the, you know they ended the first half with a three by Sailor Poffenbarger that sent the game that sent them with the lead to the locker room by two, and uh, that turned out to be pretty huge because then you had scoring 24-6 in the third. Uh, Talia Scott went off in that quarter. Michaela Daniels went off in that quarter. And uh, that's a signature win for the women's program. <laughs> Go on the road, on the ACC. I mean, that's what the men have to do next year. Who do we? Pl- Who are they going to play next year, Matt? Because you're at this level. You know, you're at this level with Arkansas, and I guess some of it will depend upon, um, you know, how the rest of this season goes and how far Arkansas advances in the NCAA tournament. But these are made-for-TV matchups. You know, and keep in mind, the re- the reason that, that this whole thing has been created is because ESPN no longer is showing – Big Ten basketball games. You know, you used to have, what was it? Was it SC, ACC Big Ten? Well, they can't do that anymore. So they, you know, they've got their partnerships with uh, the SEC and the ACC. Who does Arkansas travel to next year?
0: From
3: in- my idea, I wonder if you're going to Virginia. No, they played Virginia, played at home. So maybe going to North Carolina. That would make sense.
0: And they can reset the lineup at any time. You know, they, they didn't say they'll just be like, oh, we added new teams. Um, with with Michaela Daniel, you know she's kind of been the been the star the last couple of years. Has she benefited the most by by te- Tequila? Uh, what's What's her name? Tal- Talia Talia Scott. Scott. Has she benefited the most? You think being able to take a little bit of that pressure off of her and, and, and seeing both girls play free?
3: I think so. It's a little bit of a scoring pressure that it's taken off of her. And one thing Mac does so well is de- is play defense. Yeah, just a really solid defender as a guard, and and that's given her the opportunity maybe to. You know, focus a little bit more off on on defense, and I mean, she handles the ball just fine. But uh, you do have to feed the beast, and Talia Scott is a beast when it comes to offense. And she has some, uh, she's got the niftiest handle that I might have ever seen in women's basketball. Uh, and and it must have taken her a lot of work because she's got she she's got, got those Kyrie Irving
0: that... handles because he's, he's yes. one of the best he's one of the best handlers I've I've seen of a basketball.
3: Yes. Yeah, she really does. Steph Curry does. can
0: handle it a little bit. Yep. 877
3: 377 6963 for calls and texts on the McClarty Daniel hotline. TC is first up today on halftime. Hi, TC. How are you?
5: Hey, good morning, boys. I'm great. Um, I'm, this whole de- decibel argument is kind of stupid, but you, you put it out there. and I can't, I can't help myself but weigh in. Um, you, for the Auburn game, the way it ended. It was incredibly loud at the end, but I think the crowd just felt like they had to work the whole game against Duke. And so, for like the entirety of the game, and if Jay Billis said, you know, it's the loudest college arena he's ever been in, I think that says a lot for that Duke game. But for like a moment in time, go back to when Calipari got tossed. That was. That yeah. was for that moment maybe the loudest that that I've ever heard it
0: in there. That Michael but, Qualls um, dunk to to finish the game. That was yeah. yeah. Now that's, the, that's before. I would the, but tell but you that. you're talking. I would, of, but you're talking about a moment in, instead of being the the length, the duration is what this Duke yeah. game is because it was I the mean, entire game.
5: Were, they were exhausted. People were exhausted. And heck, I, I screamed so loud. I told my wife I thought I was going to have a stroke. But, um, and then, Matt, you were talking about the recruits. I don't know who the basketball recruits were that were there, but we came in uh, at the south entrance and Ronnie Brewer was down there. I spoke to him for a second. He was nervously waiting on somebody to get there. Yeah. So they had some, they had some people in. We just don't know who they were.
0: That's that's got to be big for recruiting, you know. In the football team, you you get that game like that. Uh, it, whoever you can bring in, bring in a Michigan, bring in an Indiana, bring in who you can bring, and brings Bring football guys in, and they see that atmosphere. It kind of gives them a little life.
3: Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. It's always good to. Yeah, you you got it, TC. Thank you. Make you know, you when you bring when you bring in a football recruit to an atmosphere like that, you know, I don't I don't know how you communicate to them. It's like, well. It can be like this at football, right, son? It can it can be like this. You can do this right over there, Best fans where there in the are country. seventy potentially seventy eight thousand people that'll be chanting your name, and maybe chanting Bobby Petrino's name at some point too. You know, I mean, you get, you can tell you can tell a basketball recruit the same thing when you go to you take him to a baseball game. Um, but of course, I mean, when, when any recruit comes in, they want to see a college football game too. I mean, that's part of the experience of being a student athlete or just a student Mm -hmm. at a a university Mm -hmm. like this is you want to go to the football game. You want to see what that atmosphere is like. And I mean, look, the success and atmosphere kind of go hand in hand. As far as I view it, it's tough to keep an atmosphere up if you're not winning games, um, and, and giving people reason to, uh, to show up for a game like that. And success goes along with getting a, an opponent like Duke in your building. You know, otherwise, I mean, you know, what, what happens if you're, uh, if you're not at the level Arkansas is at? What do you get in your building? Pitt? You get Boston College? You know, I mean, nobody that's really going to raise the temperature up. Like, you want to play Virginia. You want to play North Carolina. You want to play Duke. You want to play Miami. You want to play the best teams in that conference because Arkansas right now is one of the best, if not the best in the SEC. And look, the atmosphere is not going to be the same if if you bring in Pitt, you know, or if you bring in those non-basketball blue bloods i guess i wouldn't put miami at the blue blood level but heck but they're final solid four and they're pretty darn good yeah, yeah they're, they're, it's a good team
0: they're solid right now and, and i think it's very interesting phil that the the acc sec went seven and seven because I, I i really believe the acc and sec could get the most bids when it comes to to march like you, you those those are seven eight nine bid bid leagues
3: Good morning, Miss Lisa. She's next up on the McClure's well, I mean, hotline. She'll take us into the break. What's up, Miss Lisa?
6: Okay, I'm going to be quick about it. A good friend of mine that lives in Jonesboro, he's a Duke fan, and he went to the game um, there in Fayetteville. But anyway, the point I'm getting at, he said it was the loudest he ever experienced. Of course, I don't know, you know, he wasn't at the Auburn Arkansas game, but I don't you know, I don't care which one was louder, really. But uh he said adult students, even kids, every time that Duke touched the ball, they went to uh, screaming, standing up, and yelling and uh their coach couldn't even and he he attested to that at the end of the game. Uh Shire or whatever his name is, uh, he couldn't commute with the you know, with the players, and the players couldn't hear him. That's how loud it was. But now I wasn't at that game because we're leaving tomorrow, but I was at the Auburn game. But any time you beat Duke, I just don't see how anything can be any better. And that's all I got to say, but go Hogs. And fill him like say something else at the May. You did. I had the TV going and listening to you last night. And I was very impressed with Arkansas women's basketball. And I think, and I want you to talk on it, I think they're flying under the radar.
2: Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian dining room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12, dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6, eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com dining for reservations and complete menu items.
4: For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit.
3: Bet online where the game starts. We're getting set for what's up next here. Uh, Volleyball in the NCAA tournament. That's this weekend here in in Fayetteville. Uh, Women's basketball against number two UCLA Sunday. Men's basketball hosting Furman on Monday. You know that they get a real that Oklahoma team is going to come ready to play at uh, in Tulsa next Saturday. They just put up I think it was almost 110 points against UAPB. Wow, team can score. Yeah, Porter's got them playing really well right now. Blake
0: Griffin so. and Trey Young's what I think of when I think Oklahoma basketball. I wonder who, who's their star this year. You know, because when I watch Duke, I don't know if Roach is an NBA guy. You know, Philip Philip Kowski. He he might he might be one. He'll he'll get he'll get a chance in there because of his height. I wonder if Oklahoma has any talent.
3: No, they do, they've got a 6'10 guy. I can't remember his name, but they've got a 6'10 guy who is uh, their third leading scorer. So, I mean, they're a little more guard-oriented, but they've got that height. They've got some size, too. Uh, I wonder if Jalen Graham will be ready to get back out there for a little more than two minutes, and hopefully not commit he, a couple of fouls in those two minutes too.
0: He looked springy. He look he, he he got down there. He had one little back to the basket move, and he, he kind of worked him. He just the shot didn't go in. He looked good. I thought like we just running up and down the court, and then when he got the ball in, he looked right. Like I thought he what I guess what I say is I thought he looked more comfortable this year already than he did last year.
3: Well, I think this is a really important month for him because there's only five games. And you got to get that back right, you know, whatever it takes. And sometimes, Wait, sometimes we need it just him. is like that. Sometimes that's just what it's like. But I mean, uh, he's—I mean, it's—it's—it's—he it's, hasn't been able to practice. I mean, he—he he wasn't in, he wasn't there in in the Bahamas. He didn't play any of those games. I don't think he played the game before that. Hasn't practiced very much. So I can imagine that even though you know, if the back is okay. And he might look some, might look springy. It's almost like it's preseason for him at times, right? Um, so this is an important month for him to get to be able to keep the back healthy and and stretched out. Have whatever you got to do, and 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 don't put too much on on that he's got to get out there and play. But I think it's important for him to be practicing and staying on the court when it comes to practice because um, I mean it really starts getting going next month. Uh, when you're playing in the SEC. Five games this month. I'd like to see Graham out there for those games, but it's going to matter more next month when... um you know when you open the when you open up against Auburn, I think that's when you will really start needing him.
0: Well, you saw it. You saw it last year in a guy with Nick Smith who was healthy and then missed some time, and then when he came back, he's a step slow uh, for whatever reason. And that's to your point, Phil. I 100% agree with you. It's very important for him to stay engaged and stay active and stay moving and stay practicing and be able because when you take two, three, four weeks off in the middle of the season and everybody's still grinding. Man, it just, you, you never really c- catch back up. The game kind of gets ahead of you.
3: You saw that with Nick Smith last year, mm-hmm. too. And I think part of that also was that his knee, you know, I don't think was fully healed when he decided to get back out there and play. Uh, we can take calls and text during this segment. 877-377-6963 this is our McClarty-Daniel hotline. Nate Olson will give us a trip around the high school football championship uh, games that are on the docket for tonight in just a little bit. And Charlie is up first here with us. Hey, Charlie, how are you?
7: How's it going, Phil? You're already back. you already back in town. Like you, you guys are back already?
3: Yeah, yeah, night? we're back. We we flew back after the game.
7: I, I'm glad because I, I'm glad you guys didn't go through what the the guys went through down there in the Bahamas. That there wasn't like, what must say like an eight hour like <laughs> whatever. So yeah, I'm glad you guys. No, back. It's, you don't but have to don't worry
3: know. about that with these games. That doesn't happen.
7: Good, good deal. Um, you know, uh, what do you think their chances are against UCLA? I know that, uh, you know, and I don't watch a ton of them. I do watch them with some, but, you know, I did, I, I have seen some of them this year and they got some talent for sure. Uh, no doubt. And I, I enjoy, I like Mike Davis for sure. I think he's a really good guy, good coach. And what do you think their chances are against UCLA? I mean, heck, we've seen them beat UConn at home when they were really good. So, you know, I, you know, what do you think their chances are there? And guys, I, You know, I was thinking about something Bobby had said yesterday. You know, there's a lot of people that are kind of going around like, oh, Bobby's just there to take Sam Pittman's head coach and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't think Bobby at this point, you know, with his age and all of that, I think he's looking at this as, you know what, I can come into a situation, and I think you pointed this out yesterday, Phil, and call my offense the way I want to call it, and just focus on that, and just do that, and and help Sam in any way possible. But also the main the main thing being obviously focus on the offense. And I, I do think that it was kind of dumb that Jimbo didn't let that ego of his aside and let Bobby call it his way. I mean, what they finished in the SEC, they still finished fourth on offense, right? A and I can't remember, uh, Phil, but I, I don't think they were they were, they were good. I mean. You think about they improved.
3: It they they improved. They, I mean, I, I don't have the rankings in front of me, third. but I know they they improved a lot uh, under Petrino. And think of maybe if
7: they
3: too. like yeah, think so. of if they could have improved even more if they had this if he had the same kind of same kind of uh, uh, language. Uh, I don't know if that that really had all that much to do with it. It just seems it kept him up at night and waking up really early. Uh, Charlie, good to hear from you, man. I, I appreciate that. Um, look, Bobby Petrino is the same age as Sam Pittman, 62. Sam just had his birthday, I think I think it was Monday, 62nd birthday. They're of the same age.
0: Yeah. There's a couple kittens out on the town.
3: Just a couple of guys waiting for the Social Security to kick in at some point, right? No, not at all. I mean, it did sound like Petrino, at least yesterday, did say that it sounded to me like he almost needed to be goaded by his agent into... Looking for looking for work, right? I mean, it, I think it financially he's probably pretty safe and secure. But uh, I mean, there's all these narratives everybody can throw into it um, about about what they think this means for Sam Pittman. Um, I don't think Bobby Petrino is here thinking that he's uh, going to th- be the next th- Arkansas head coach, and I think. I, I I don't this think Sam a, Pittman would be worried that he's hired somebody that's going to take over for him because if you blow a coaching staff up, you blow a coaching staff up.
0: Well, and I think that's what we what we've done here. This is our coaching staff now for the next five years. I mean, minimum three years. This is who we're going to go to war with. This is who we're going to go to battle with. I, I I look for. I think Travis Williams. He's a young guy that that it, it will be a head coach someday. But you're looking at two six-year-old men that I think are in their they're they're in their job and they're somewhere where they feel comfortable, where they need where they they feel confident, and, that, and that's who's going to be our coaches for the next five years. So we don't have to what I, what I'm saying is we don't have to do this coaching search again next year. It's not going to be we're not we're not going to have to worry about it for a while,
3: right? And we do have a little breaking news: uh, Arkansas has lost Cam Little to the NFL draft. Stud, making that He's announcement. Gonna on social media just to think about 5 or 6 minutes ago.
0: He's going to play 12, 15, 20 years if uh if he, you know, goes gets lucky and goes about it the right way. I mean, he's a, he's a talent a- absolutely. I I, I told yeah. what I what I thought he'd get drafted. What we talked about that earlier in the year that 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 he's that type of talent that he could get drafted at, as a kicker.
3: 53 field goals in a 3-year career, almost 83% and uh, we saw him pretty accurate from long range. I,
0: you know, me, I would stay in, in, in. I don't know what the market is for, for field goal kickers, but, man, I'd, I'd stay in college making, making that, that money as long as I could, that college money, because, you know, field goal kick, you're probably making about the same amount of money as a kicker in the league that, that you're making around these NIL deals.
3: Well, you know what it's like too. I don't know if this is how Cam is looking at it, but uh start that pension clock early, right? Hey,
0: no don't don't fault him. And if you're getting drafted, that you know, if you're if you're a position player and you're a top hundred pick, you're supposed to go. That's that's just how it is. If you're a special teams guy and can get drafted, man, that's I, I'm I'm a Cam Pretty Little rare. fan. Absolutely.
3: I'm not gonna be a Sebastian Janikowski first round pick though, right? No,
0: I don't think he's a first rounder, but he's he's a guy no that kicker is. I think he's uh I, I think he's a talent that he a team's gonna be lucky to have him.
3: Yeah, I think he'll get picked, and uh, congratulations for him for making that decision. Uh, good for cam little but that also means now arkansas is looking for a kicker i think they had a pretty good kicker commit uh for this for this next class i don't know if it's the incoming one or if it's the
2: one after that i have to check hi everybody this is chris george from joshua's fine jewelry in beautiful downtown russell it's the most wonderful time of the year christmas gifts weddings heirloom family treasures and at joshua's fine jewelry we only have one sale every year and it's right now every single item in our store is value priced for christmas we do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry if that's what you're looking for Come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville.
3: You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Right now, Eastside Liquor has a truckload of eggnog, winter seasonal beers, stouts and liquors, rum chata, moonshake creams, and more. Don't forget about the hog bourbon decanters. Come by the drive through or walk inside to see Dave and his team at Eastside Liquor, 9390 in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. We have Nate Olson standing by on the McLarty Daniel Hotline, Scorebook Live, and uh, High School Football Scoreboard Show, and High School Football uh, Extraordinaire, uh, pretty much. Nate, good afternoon. How are you today?
1: Doing great. On the road from Texas. Went to the Cowboys game last night with my uh, wife, Sheena, and Luke, my 12-year-old. They're in the car, and... I'm probably going to be getting a critique the whole way home now. She doesn't listen to me when I'm on the radio much, but since she's right here, she'll probably tell me everything I did wrong in this interview.
3: Well, you got to listen to Sheena because she's brilliant. So I would. You already know that. You don't need me to tell you to listen to Sheena. You know the answer to that. Why were you yeah. wearing a Cowboys hat? I saw you wearing a Cowboys hat. Nate, you're a Chiefs fan. How'd this happen?
1: Well, because Luke is a Cowboys fan, although he likes Dino Smith a lot and wasn't pretty pleased with what happened last night. But uh, he, he wore a Chiefs jersey for me a couple years ago. We went to Tennessee, so I repaid I him, him the favor, but that hat is now his. It's uh, going in his closet, and I'll pull my Chiefs hat back out. It was, it was a great time. If you've never been to Derry's World, I highly recommend it just as a sports fan. It is a wonderful atmosphere, and the Cowboys, even though I've never really been a fan, they have a great organization. It's a, it's a good time going to those
0: games. D.K. Metcalf or C.D. Lamb, who you taking?
1: Uh, we were just talking about how D.K. Metcalf is 6'2", 239 to run 22 miles an Beast hour. Mode. So I, think I'd, I think I'd take him. Watching him running at us, we were in the end zone, seeing him run at us that fast on that, on that little pop pass was mm-hmm. unbelievable. He is unbelievable.
3: All right, Nate. What uh, what game is top of mind to you when you're thinking about these uh, AAA championship games? Where do you oh, want to get to we first?
1: Champion, championship weekend. I think you got to start with Bentonville and Fayetteville. What a what a stunning turn of events that was. I, I I don't think anybody. You know, when you when you do this for a living and you talk about it every week, you're going to be wrong some. Both Kyle Sutherland and I, we You know, we we were just penciling in Brian and, and Conway. I mean, just to be honest with you, we. That's who we thought. I thought Brian all year long, just hats off to Jody Grant and company to be able to go to Brian, win and really dominate the second half of that football game made, made no uh, doubt about it. Uh, Luke Coon, they're kind of their second receiver has a huge night, uh, defense played well. And, you know, Brian didn't execute very well in the second half. Ben Benville took advantage and, uh, Fayetteville holds off Conway at the end. Um, I'm kind of a strange free-kick situation with about 30 seconds left in the game. Uh, they missed the free-kick, and then there was a delay of game on that. They got four uh, tries at trying to get to the end zone or get a field goal, and they couldn't do it. So good job by Fayetteville's defense. We didn't talk much about them all year, but they did a good job. So now you've got two teams from the same league who have had some extraordinary uh, matchups in the regular season and in the state championship playing again and I, you know both of those coaches they are thrilled to play against each other they they're tired of hearing about the 7a central i talked to a a, Fay, a Fayetteville assistant this week and he's like you you gave us a lot of bulletin board material <laughs> to our kids talking about the central you said you know we're tired of hearing about it and both of those coaches text each other they're going to play each other for a state title they're both congratulating each other for getting in they wanted to they wanted to play each other so that was that's pretty cool that's going to be a great game
0: one the one, uh, let, yeah, I was, I was, I next. was kind of looking down the list, man, and there, there's some good, good ones, but one in, in, in the backyard right here with, uh, it's, it's a Walker White Kane Archer matchup right there. Greenwood yeah. LRCA, did they have now have, have Little Rock Christian? Did they play earlier this year?
1: They did. They played at Greenwood. Greenwood has a 62 game winning streak at home, and they took care of Little Rock Christian in the regular season finale. Walker White, two picks in that game. You know, you. Matt, you don't get a lot of, as a quarterback, you don't get a lot of chances to redeem yourself when you play a team to get a chance to play him again. I know he's thought about that all week long because he didn't play the way he wanted to. The team didn't. I mean, Walker is playing more like a four star blue chip guy this year. He's he's more accurate. But Kane Archer really outdueled him in that game. I think that's stuck in his craw. He's a competitor, he's an Army All American, going to play in that game, big time quarterback. Uh, he's got a second chance. And if he wins this game and plays well, people are going to forget about that other one. It's not going to mean anything. So he he played really well against Benton. I saw the whole game. He made some terrific throws, and he really kind of put him on his back. I think he's got to do that again. His receiving core is good, but he doesn't have the number of weapons. Kane Archer can sit back in the pocket. He's got a good running back. He's got three or four good receivers, lots of options. Uh, Little Rock Christian, not quite as talented there, but he has meshed well with those receivers. But I think he, what he's going to have to do is pull off a 30-yard run here there, maybe hurdle a guy, do something spectacular, and kind of put him on his back, especially in that fourth quarter, if it can get that far. Uh, I, I think he'll play better, and I think it'll be a better game playing on a neutral field. They're, they're, they have played in Little Rock a lot uh, at War Memorial. Eric Coyue is a very good coach. Uh, they're, they're just glad as a program to play in this title game and get another shot at Greenwood. But Greenwood is hot. I think they've been the favorites the whole year, wire to wire, and it will not surprise me if they pull it off.
3: Tell, tell me what you think about the, uh, the 5A state title game. I mean, it's, it, it's great to see a, a Little Rock public school being dominant. I, I think that means good things for the, for the football program at Arkansas overall, and maybe hopefully yeah. a couple other of those programs continue to get better. But the Bolding brothers really have something special going on at, <clears throat> at Parkview. They get Shiloh Christian, and they've been undefeated, and they've just been wiping the field with everybody. What are you seeing here?
1: at the beginning of the playoffs, I don't see anybody getting within two touchdowns of them. Tyler Christian showed a ton of grit. I mean, that, that is a football, you know, that is the tradition, the aura that they have, the history going back decades, and they just win games. They go to Pine Bluff, they're down two touchdowns, they come back and win. Bo Williams is gritty, as tough as a running back, a player you're going to find in high school football. He kind of willed them to that win. they got a freshman quarterback, uh, in uh, Cole Creighton, but you know he's, he's been hurt a lot, but he's been back. You know, I think the difference in this game is you talked about the Bowling brothers. Bobby Bowling is a Hall of Fame head football coach who is a defensive coordinator on this program. Don't think it's any coincidence that he comes into the program last year and they win a state championship. Brad had a hard time doing that at North Little Rock. He gets Bobby on the staff. They work well together. The thing that makes Bobby dangerous is you've got 11 guys, who are very, very good football players and good athletes. Now you've got a guy that can pull those strings, put them in the right places. They talk about assignments, football, and being disciplined. That's how their their uh, scheme goes. He tells them where to go, and they do it. And then they're such good athletes. So Marion Robinson, one of the top defensive backs in the country, you've got that kind of talent. So you have to, as a freshman quarterback, Matt, you can probably attest to this. You've got to face a defense that is big, strong, and quick at his discipline. That is a hard task to take on as a 14- or 15-year-old kid, and that's what Cole Creighton is going to have to do. But he has a great running back. I mean, Bo Williams, there's not – you know, you talk about Braylon Russell and some of these other good running backs. Williams is right with him. He's primed to have a good game tomorrow. He's ready for it. Uh, this, this is going to be a battle. I i think Park you wins it, but maybe not by the margin I initially thought. But Little Rock Christian is—you is, know had a good year – Chris Christian's had a great year, and uh, they're not going to give up. They showed that at Pine Bluff.
0: Well, uh, I see there, oh, Harden Academy, I think one of my former teammates, Jeb Huckaba, who, who played ball there, and uh, they're back in a, a semifinal against Elkins. Uh, who are you giving the, the, the shot there to make it to the state championship game in the 4A? Harden
1: Academy is, uh, the last five years has just been so good, uh, but Man, I, you know, this is this is going to be a terrific game. It, it's one of those It could be a signature for Elkins. I mean, they're trying to get their program. You know, they've got Drew Morgan as an assistant there. They've got several Greenwood uh, guys, including their head coach that's, that's from Greenwood. And, and that's, you know, they have they've brought the Greenwood way to Elkins. They've got a ton of good players. Uh, this, this is probably going to be some kind of big, you know, a big shootout. And what it's going to come down to is which defense, and make the plays, you know. Wyatt Simmons is a linebacker. His dad's the head coach at Harding University. Uh, he is very, very good. Being recruited by everybody, you've got him at linebacker. Chance to make some plays there. And Elkins has a much better defense than we originally thought. We knew the offense was going to be good, but their defense is better. This is this is going to be a dandy of a game, and it, it it could be one of those where Elkins it puts them on the map. You know, we we had talked about three or four other programs in four A ahead of them with Warren, Malvern, Harding Academy. But now you've got to include Elkins in there. And if they get to the state championship game, it would just be so huge. Elkins hasn't been a traditional you know, winner. So uh, I think they can get it done. But this is one of those games where sometimes Harding Academy wins it just because they're Harding Academy. So that's what Elkins has to combat is. They're the new kid on the block. They haven't played in a game like this. Harding Academy has. They've got a veteran quarterback who's a junior and Owen Miller. Uh, it, but I think this will be good. I think this is where Elkins can really prove they belong uh, in this on the same uh, level as those those good programs.
3: How about the 3A semifinal with Boonville and Glen Rose? Uh, you know, both had some uh, a couple of tough losses earlier in the season, but they come in with really lengthy winning streaks. I mean, they were both, uh, what, undefeated in their leagues? Um, who do you see yeah. moving on?
1: They pushed themselves early, and it's paying off now. Dex Goff. I've talked about him at length. He's a running back linebacker. To me, probably a Division One linebacker. K State looked at him. Uh, he's going to Harding. That's what Harding's one of the top D2 teams in the country. They're getting some really good talent to come there. But he's a guy that makes a big difference in a game like this. He, he plays uh, running back, linebacker, returns kicks. Uh, Glenn Rose has Heath Balance, who's a fantastic running back. This is going to be a punch you in the face slobber knock a physical running game that's going to get over early. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's a game where you probably give Boon Bull a little bit of the nod because they've been, they've won games like this, but Glenn Rose, you know, they won a state championship under uh, Stephen Keener's dad, Mark and Stephen played for him, played at OBU. He's trying to make his own marks on the program. Now young guy uh, from one of the up and coming coaches. So, Give Boomville a little bit of the uh, nod. I know a lot of people in your listing area are rooting for them, and I, I think I give them a nod. I've had them in the championship game the whole year, and I wouldn't I wouldn't waver on that now. But this will be a good one. Glenn Rose is playing really good football right now. I'm very confident.
0: Hey, Nate, uh, you know, big news up on the Hill uh, uh, that I'm sure, you know, we've all heard about Bobby P. being the O.C. What ha, Has this had an effect? in? Is there a buzz going around with high school kids or a high school uh, with the recruiting? Do you, do you think this changes anything, maybe how some of these kids feel uh, and, and maybe could help in the recruiting world?
1: I think it could, and especially if you're a quarterback. Uh, you know, uh, Courtney Crutchfield, apparently they, they're meeting with him today, Pittman and – And uh, Petrino or or Ted, the Pine Bluff, that shows you how important of a piece he is. He's an electric four-star wide receiver, uh, decommitted before the Florida game, just minutes before kickoff, trying to make a statement there. Charlie Collins, his cousin, still firmly committed to Arkansas, took his uh, Army All-American picture with the Razorback hat. Uh, I can't see those two guys not going to the same school. They grew up together, and they picked Arkansas together, so... I think that they will be together. Now, what it's going to depend on, that's going to be, you know, Crutchfield is going to be playing directly for by Petrino. Does he like him? Does he like the scheme? That's all to be determined. We don't know. Apparently he didn't, you know, wasn't on board with the Dan Enos uh, departure, maybe. I don't know. that He did that right after they asked him. So that'll all have to be sorted out. But they're going to go down there and give their best effort. Something I'm very interested in is, you know, you've got uh, Drake Lindsay at Fayetteville, who Houston Nuts says, no question, is an SEC quarterback, and P.J. Fleck beat everybody on him. I expect Patrino to go talk to him. I really do, and I think that will happen next week. I, you know, I don't have any reason, you know, intelligence or anything, but he's the kind of quarterback that he would want. And you know, we talked to him about that this week. There's a story on our site about it. He said Arkansas. You know, you've asked this question before. He said they never were very interested. And I think that did bother him. And now, if they did show interest in him, I think that gives him something to think about In Minnesota. And I think with Nuts saying, you know, he knows what it takes to play in the SEC to be a quarterback. And I mean, he said 100% he belongs there. So if Petrino is looking for a 6'6 quarterback to run that offense, there's one right
0: across the street that may be open minded to him. I would trust you, Houston Nutt knew how to get some talent up there on the hill. You talk about how fertile uh, the, the the talent pool was, and all the NFL guys that Coach Nutt got up there. Yeah, I think Coach Nutt's pretty good at evaluating talent.
1: Yeah, well, I mean that when we listen to people like that, when you've coached there and then you're an analyst at CBS, I mean Houston's not just going to say that if mean, he doesn't believe it. He saw him play twice, and that you know that's the question I got from you. I got it from Clay Henry and about six other people. Talked to me and said, why did Arkansas not recruit him? And he really shed some light on it. I think it did bother him that he didn't get the uh, attention. And so now if he does get the attention on that and they do come and talk to him, PJ Fleck may have to, you know, do some more heavier recruiting because the, the, the lineage of Razorback relationship there is well documented with their family. You know, Jim, all American there, then an uncle and dad and then a cousin all played at Arkansas, um, but that was the question that hadn't been answered: What happened in the process? Well, we got the answer this week from him. In that story, was that they didn't recruit him much. They came over once and watched, and they didn't. They didn't. They weren't interested. So uh, that could change with Petrino. I don't know who he's looking at and what he's looking for, but certainly, you know, Nut thought that that would be something that an SEC program would like. And the fact Nut likes that he's almost six is his decision making. He said he watched him on a windy night where the ball was, you know, it was 25 mile an hour wind Matt, and you probably thrown into that. He he said he had no problem throwing a ball in a 25 mile an hour wind.
0: You're listening to the East Side Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com.
4: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online.
0: This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent.
3: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.